0: The reading is taken from uh, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, 19 to 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Great, thank you for that. You may want to just keep this little sheet in front of you. Uh, We'll be referring to that passage as we go through. Why don't I just pray and ask God to help us as we look at his word together. Heavenly Father, we bow in your presence. We ask you to open our minds and our hearts to hear and to receive your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It was estimated that in 2008, they had an annual spending power of 17 billion pounds. Even though they make up only 10% of their part of the population, they have uh, more than 50% of its buying power. They are part of one of the fastest-growing middle classes in the world. They drive luxury cars, live in expensive homes, and wear pricey designer labels. Many are hard-working, well-educated, credit-worthy individuals. Many of them... uh, live for the moment and have a strong appetite for instant gratification. These replica millionaires, as they've been called, have a philosophy of life uh, which says the future is all about now. Controversially, it has been said that many of them are always only one paycheck away from financial disaster. They are known as the black diamonds of the South African economy. These men and women are living the South African dream. Uh, One financial guru's solution to the problem mentality of this up and coming middle class was to suggest the need to think in terms of accumulating assets rather than simply acquiring material things. Life, apparently, is about being financially secure rather than simply having lots of bling. The black diamond mentality, of course, is not unique to South Africa. Uh, Over 32 million people in the UK play the lotto every week, each person buying, on average, three tickets. So it seems clear where many people in the UK think their security can be found. Well, in Matthew uh, chapter 6, in the passage we just read for us a few moments ago, I think Jesus is asking a very basic yet related question. And it is a question that we all have to consider whether we are aspiring to earn as much as possible in as short a time as possible so we can retire as early as possible or we are one of those people who need to visit the many food banks that have sprung up across our country. The question Jesus is asking you and me here this afternoon is this, where is your security in this life? Where is your security in this life? When all is said and done, what is the one thing in your life that you are relying or depending upon? Do not lay up for yourself treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Verse 20, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth and rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Because where your treasure is, says Jesus, there your heart will also be. In these politically and economically uncertain times, this is an important question to ask, isn't it? Where is my security? In verse 19, Jesus says that earthly treasure, no matter in whatever form it comes, will always be insecure because it will always deteriorate. Uh, This is part of what makes owning things in this life so frustrating and at times unsatisfying. Uh, This idea is such a universally accepted principle that it is enshrined in one of the fundamental laws of nature, the second law of thermodynamics. Perhaps you're not familiar with it. Nevertheless, it is all around us and relentlessly so. Entropy simply means that things in this world naturally tend towards decay. That's the second law of thermodynamics our clothes fade or get ruined by moths or simply old-fashioned wear and tear our homes need ongoing renovations as cars get stolen and even if we do get them through that next mot they succumb to what chemists call hydrated iron oxide otherwise known as rust verse 19 do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy But lay up for yourselves, verse 20, treasure in heaven where neither moth and rust destroys. Uh, The word for rust in verses 19 and 20 actually means eating and uh, could also be applied to pests or vermin that devour the things we try to hide away in safe storage. Although this uh, would have been more of a problem in the first century than today, the last two houses I've lived in both had mice. Of course, whether you have mice in your home or not, everything in this life is slowly being eaten away or is succumbing to the law of increasing entropy. We do our best to fight the impermanent reality of this world, so we invest in mothballs perhaps, in rust-proof paint, uh, alarm systems, mouse traps, pensions and insurance plans. We do a pretty good job of preserving the things we have invested in materially in this life. But the fact is, even if we could make the things we own last forever, death laughs at the person who invests everything in this life. You see, entropy is even a part of the very fabric of who you and I are as human beings. Uh, No doubt, ladies, you have seen those commercials on TV that tell you that you can push back the seven signs of ageing because, of course, you're worth it. And I'm not disputing that by any means, by the way. But usually there is a very attractive-looking middle-aged woman uh, whom we are supposed to believe looks that way because she religiously uses a certain beauty product. And gentlemen uh, don't look so smug because they're also targeting us these days. There are products on the market to help us combat the five signs of fatigue. Apparently we, apparently men don't get old, they just start showing signs of fatigue. But you see, death laughs in the face of all such nonsense. Eventually we all, without exception, will die elsewhere jesus told a parable that is pretty much a commentary on matthew 6 verses 19 and 20. it went something like this a certain young man sells his online business he started in his bedroom for a thousand pounds some years ago for over 80 million pounds through dedication and hard work he and his wife decide they would retire early to enjoy the rest of their lives together while devoting themselves to causes they were passionate about. One evening, while entertaining family and friends, and with a glass of champagne in his hand, he gazed down at the two top-of-the-range BMWs sitting in his driveway. And he thought to himself, Life is good. I have everything I need. I can now just sit back, eat, drink, and be happy and as the pride of his own material success swells inside his chest he also feels another swelling inside his chest at 55 years of age his ideal retirement age he lies dead on a stretcher before the paramedics can get into the nearby hospital only in hell does he finally understand the insecurity of those things he valued so highly in this life? His pension pot, his rather impressive investment portfolio, those properties scattered throughout the world, that art connection. But Jesus ends this story in Luke 12 with these words, this is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich towards God. Now, when Jesus says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, in verse 19, he is not saying we should give away all our possessions. The Bible nowhere forbids the ownership of private property. Jesus is also not saying that we are not allowed to have savings. In fact, the Bible commends good, responsible stewardship of that which we've been given. And let me be clear, Jesus is not saying that you and I should... Feel guilty for enjoying the many good things this life has to offer. No, not at all. No, what Jesus is saying here is that the earthly material things of this world are insecure. Whether material wealth or valuable assets. So they are not worth investing everything in. It is unwise business practice, is it not, to invest in a company that you know is heading for liquidation. Also, it is unwise to invest in things which do not last and cannot be enjoyed forever. Jesus is not so much concerned here with our material wealth or assets as he is with our attitude towards them, how we regard them. Notice in this passage, Jesus uses the word treasure. Verse 19, Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth, Verse 20, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Jesus doesn't use the word money or material things here. The word treasure is used here instead as an all-embracing term that includes absolutely anything and everything that you and I are tempted to live for. That is, anything that binds or tethers our hearts, the core of our being, to this world alone, while at the same time blinding us to the world that is still to come. Jesus is warning against the attitude that confines all a person's ambitions, hopes, dreams, and interests to this life as if this life is all there is. So again, let me ask you, where is your security in this life? What is pulling at your heartstrings? This is a really important question because according to verse 21, you and I will give our heart to the thing we value most in this life. While on holiday in Jersey a couple of years ago, I noticed again that if you have a fixed point of reference on the beach, almost without being conscious of what is happening, you will soon notice yourself drifting with the waves and the current to the dismay of the on-duty lifeguard. In a similar way, our lives naturally drift towards where our treasure is stored because that is where our hearts will inevitably lead us. Jesus is warning you and me that it is a terrible thing for our hearts to be gripped by the wrong kind of treasure. He said our security is not, verse 19, to be found here on earth or in purely earthly things, but rather, verse 20, in heaven or where God is. The Bible calls this attitude of constantly allowing our hearts to be gripped by other things sin, and it leads to all sorts of sinful actions as we pursue those things that we think are worth treasuring and will give us the security we so deeply desire. But Jesus is saying here that the only Christian only the Christian man or woman has truly sound investments or assets that will bring everlasting security. A Christian is someone trusting in the life, death, resurrection, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. They have a guaranteed future, which is truly where their treasure and security lies. That is where your heart needs to be. What elsewhere is described as an inheritance that can never spoil, perish, or fade. It cannot be taken from you, unlike your wealth. It is the one treasure in this life that is not subject to entropy. Because it is kept for you by God himself, who alone stands above and beyond the decay and insecurity of this world. That is the point verse 20 is making. Verse 20, store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Jesus is saying, if you're after a safe investment that will give you assets that will bring real security, You will find none safer than this. As a result, the New Testament is constantly exhorting us to set our hearts and minds on things above, to nurture and consistently develop within ourselves a loyalty to our heavenly treasure, making sure that it alone is our deepest love and most valuable possession. And of course this will need to be reflected in our priorities and the things that consume our time, our energy, and our dreams. That is why in the Bible followers of Jesus Christ who are rich are warned not to arrogantly put their hope in their wealth because wealth is so uncertain. The fact is economies crash. Banks foreclose. Our houses need maintenance. Material things get old or break and you and I age fatigue and eventually die. So instead, the New Testament exhorts us to put our hope in God. And if we do uh, become wealthy, it commands us to use our wealth to be rich in good deeds and to be willing to give away our wealth to help others. Uh, One New Testament writer puts it this way, In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. And so, we all have a decision to make. A South African businessman, leadership expert and scholar tells the true story of how one day he was driving on the motorway past the scene of a fatal car accident. One of the cars involved in the crash was a a Series 5 BMW driven by a wealthy-looking black man with his girlfriend in the passenger seat next to him. The other car was um, an old, beaten-up Toyota Corolla driven by a white couple. When the paramedics arrived at the scene, the white couple were immediately airlifted to the nearest hospital. The black man and his girlfriend, however, were left to wait lying and bleeding in their critical condition at the scene until eventually an ambulance arrived to take them to the nearest government hospital. Onlookers began to wonder whether this shameful treatment of the black couple was perhaps racially motivated. The reality, however was that that wealthy black driver of the BMW had decided not to bother getting medical aid cover and so couldn't be airlifted in that critical hour of need, even though he could actually have afforded it. The purpose of me telling you that story, that true story, is not to encourage you to earn lots of money so you can afford the very best private healthcare that NHS can offer. Now, the purpose is rather to illustrate that many people are just as careless today as the driver of that BMW with respect to their spiritual well-being. Perhaps you yourself fall into that category. In other words, they are chasing after security here and now, thinking it, it is in the things they cannot really afford and actually don't really need. But that which they desperately need and can afford to have, they foolishly decide, well, it's not worth bothering with. The bottom line is this the only treasure truly worth having in this life and in the next, says Jesus, is the treasure of knowing God and being known by God. This is an asset worth having because in possessing it is great and everlasting security. And the great news is that we can all afford it no matter what because although it costs God the Father the death of his precious son Jesus who willingly died on the cross, taking the punishment that you and I deserve all the wayward thoughts and words and actions that we've done. Although it costs God the Father everything, he offers it to you and me free of charge. It costs you and I nothing. The Bible calls this grace. In other words, it's a kindness none of us deserve. Yet this is what is on offer in the good news of Jesus Christ. This, the Bible says, is the one place our hearts, yours and mine, will find true security. You see, things don't last forever. Only people like you and I. And so we need to decide what we're going to give our hearts to here and now. So can I ask you as I close, where is your security in this life? Let me close with a prayer before we sing again. Let's pray. Dear God, please forgive us for thinking uh, we could find treasure and security outside of a relationship with you. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for us so that we can be forgiven and accepted by you. Help us today to continue trusting you, or perhaps even to begin trusting you for the first time, and to start storing up for ourselves treasure in heaven. And we pray these things for Jesus' sake man.